Hello, friends. Welcome in for episode eight of Vol Club Confidential. I'm your host, Austin Price of VolQuest.com. Have an exciting show for you tonight. Olivier Kamwa will join us tonight on Vol Club Confidential. But before we get to him, we're going to bring in Brandon Spurlock of Spire. Brandon, we had the big signing day celebration on Wednesday night. A great event. Uh, you know, got to hear from Coach Heupel. <clears throat> you know, those at the event got to, to have a nice meet and greet with the early enrollees and kind of get a feel for those new look Vols. Yeah, it was cool to bring an event like that back and to do something for the first time where we had the, the signees actually in attendance. You know, we've done those for years, you know, at various places where, you know, we talk about it, you know, but to have them in the room and to get people to welcome them to Rocky Top the right way for the first time and uh, kind of let them know what Vol Nation is about. That's, that's pretty cool for our for our members and for some of our non-members to kind of get a first look at kind of how we how we do things. How much do you think an event like that can help you with those non-members? Because they kind of get to see some of that, you know, you take you peel back the curtain a little bit. You see the wizard, you know, uh, you know, instead of just the big face up there, you see the wizard behind the curtain. When you can peel back the curtain, how big is that for people that aren't invested currently with the volunteer club? Yeah, I think talking about impact is one thing, but when you can see it, you know, see them and see the the, the people that we're benefiting, and you know, NIL has presented so many unique opportunities here, and to, so to look at this class, you know, coming in and you know, think about the future, um, and to, to, to see that and to talk to them, and then kind of break it down and humanize it, you know, and talk to them as as a person, um, and start to see that because that's really what NIL has done has given us an opportunity to showcase um, the skill set and the talent of young men and women and so you know to get get them started out early on doing that and to have the fans see that and not just read about it or hear us talking about it is pretty special i think christmas coming up on sunday team heads down to the orange bowl i know you all have some events uh, that are starting to get planned out and ironed out down there in south florida yeah, we'll be in touch with our members, you know, be on the lookout for that. We're putting some things together, kind of some last minute touches on what we're doing um, and looking at the practice schedule with the football team. So hopefully have some pretty cool, unique surprises coming coming very shortly and uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas. So, All right, Brandon. Appreciate the update. Now let's head to the main attraction of the show, Olivier Kamwa. Olivier, when you uh, were coming out of high school, what what made Tennessee the right fit for you? So I I came here on my visit, and I had already been to a couple of schools, and I just based on that, I just had interactions with the different coaches, and I felt like when I came here and I spoke to Coach Barnes, some of the other coaches, it was just kind of different. The things we spoke of connected to me and what I wanted to do with my college experience. You know, my main focus, you know, was to just come in knowing that I'm going to have to get a lot better. Like, I wanted to play a lot, obviously, but I wanted to keep getting better. I wanted to be in a place that I knew our focus was work. And just from seeing what they did, because I came on my visit, they showed me kind of what kind of vitamins they do and what kind of little things they do on the side. I felt like it would be a place where I could stay in the gym and somebody would be there with me if I needed them. I could go in there on my own at night or I could come in and work with a coach or manager or GA. And I just kind of didn't feel the exact same connection with other schools. When you go back, you look at today's athletes and everybody, you know, the, the, the it thing to do is to jump in the portal. Like, you know, you fail a math test, you jump in the portal, your girlfriend breaks up with you, you jump in the portal, the coach, you know, yells at you funny, you jump in the portal. You're kind of old school, like like you you came in and you just kind of started went to work and you know, kind of just kept improving and you know, do, do you kind of look at yourself that way? Like you know, you know, I 
all these other guys can do what they're doing, but I'm I'm going to just kind of keep my head down and go to work. Yeah, well, uh, I feel I feel very strongly about things, and when I came in, you know, coach gave me chances to play. So then after my freshman year, I was like, okay, I just have to come in and perform and practice harder and, you know, prove myself. And that year I didn't get as many chances. But both those years, and something I feel like a lot of people forget about college, is if you have older guys in front of you, it's not much you can do about it. Like, you can be a five-star coming in or you can be somebody that's just, like, perfect for the position or maybe there is nobody ahead of you. And then you'll play as a freshman. But – most freshmen, which I was, just like any other freshman, you come in and it's, it's two guys, three guys older than you. And those guys, for me, were even folky. They were both juniors. And they both had great years in my freshman year. And then they both came back for my sophomore year. But after my sophomore year, I thought to myself, like I thought, if I wanted to leave, it didn't make any sense because, first of all, I was working. Coach was giving me chances, whether they were big chances or small chances. And then after my sophomore year, you know, I talked to the staff and I asked them, like, What's, do I have place here? And they said, yeah. So I'm like, I can't, I can't leave when they said as long as I work, I have a spot. So then after my sophomore year, obviously, Eve graduated and left. Folky did come back. But once Eve left, it was like now there's nobody older and definitely not better than me anymore on the team. So I'm going to take his spot. And I waited my turn, and I got my shot. And it's just how I saw it. And, like, I went year by year. The fact you got injured in high school, I think probably stunted your recruitment a little bit. And then you got injured last year. What did you learn from those two experiences that made you better uh, and maybe gave you a different perspective? From the one in, in high school, the main thing I learned was, was really patience just to have to learn to wait for things and wait for my time to come and and learn to watch the game a little more and just learn to do something like every day without seeing results is something that really taught me patience. Like rehab, just like going in, doing things over and over and over again, you're doing the same things. It's tough. And then last year, more from what I learned is just to deal with the ups and downs. Like, at first, it was just patience. I thought to myself, junior year of high school, I'm like, I'm a heel, and I'm just going to make sure it never happens again. And then last year, it happened again, and my season was over in the middle of it instead of before it. It was very weird. But I just thought to myself, like, I got to get through this, and I'm going to be back. Like, it's life. I have ups and downs. Like, I just have to make sure I heal this right. Like, my focus shifted completely, and I kind of just – grew as a person a little bit and and like for this year just being able to deal with ups and downs and even over the summer when I was playing back home just to deal with like if you have a bad game or if you have a bad week or if you if you have a bad day it don't really matter you know you just got to keep going and then there's never like a hole that you can dig yourself in you talk about going back home playing the summer what did you learn from that experience and and how and and how much did you kind of get you know that that opportunity you know afforded to you how much did that you know kind of I guess give you joy to be able to go home and play in front of family and your mom that type of thing yeah it was it was great you know last year I went also for a little bit but it was COVID year so everything was kind of off but this year it was a full summer I got to experience a full summer of being home also got to go to Africa in the middle of the summer to Rwanda of all leaders yeah with all leaders which was really dope but I got to spend a full summer at home. You know, it was my it was my first time that my mom had seen me play pretty much since I left Finland because freshman year she came to watch my game against Memphis, but it was freshman year. I didn't play a lot. Sophomore year, COVID. And then junior year, just as she was about to come. 
Yeah. I got hurt. So that was the first time she had pretty much actually seen me play full games since, like, in person since, yeah, since I was in Finland when I was, like, 16, 17 years old. And I had some really good games. Like, I, I had some really good games against Berlin when, she, when we were at home. And then, you know, I got to play with Laurie Markkinen, which was really dope. It was he's That's when you really see how many levels. Like, that's when I first really saw it. I've, I've seen NBA players on TV and everything, but that's my first time playing against one at practice and, you know, playing with one in the game, at least like one of those more, you know, guys who have a career, guys who have been doing it for a while now. Like, I think he's in his seventh year, and he's averaging like 20 and eight on, on Utah Jazz, so I think that's just incredible. How but different is that style? It's it's crazy because I feel like and NBA guys, most of them, especially the really, like the ones that you see on TV, like that whose names are talked about, I feel like they can play anywhere. Like, it's it's, – because in Europe, he couldn't – like, the way European basketball is so different from college, yes. And I I feel like NBA basketball is so different from college too. But when I was playing with him, it just – he knew where he could get his shots. And it didn't matter how everybody else was playing. Like, he would just react and see where they were at and then make sure he could get to his spots. You're from Finland. Your mom still lives in Finland. Dad lives in Maryland. Is that right? Yep. Um, how much, you know, do you get to talk to your mom? I mean, Zakai, we had him on last week, and he talked about you know him, having his mom around the corner. You know, that's not the same for you. Um, so how much do you get to like? Do you Facetime a lot? You know, how how do you kind of keep that relationship fresh? So with my mom, I, we text a lot, and we try to do our best to Facetime. You know, the si- time difference is seven hours, so it's kind of one of us is usually doing something or the other is kind of sleep but Sundays is the day that we try to call each other and talk to each other but other than that we try to keep texting just because you know you can respond to text in two seconds it's easy with my dad you know we call occasionally and him he's he does a really good job of because he's still in Maryland the guy likes to drive so he'll drive here all the time sure games and then he came to New York and they took the chance and took a family Thanksgiving vacation to uh, the Bahamas when we were Nice. There. So he does a good job, and I get to see him a lot. And then with him comes my little sister and my stepmom. My little sister, both of them are really kind of my favorite people <laughs> on the planet <laughs> right now. The one that my dad comes with is the younger one, so she's just a big ball of energy. But, yeah, I, ca- I call. I call. And luckily, you know, my sister back home in Finland, my brother, like my sister's so young, so it's not a big problem for her because she's so focused on just like friends around her. Yep. But then whenever we see each other, it's obviously great. And with my brother, you know, he's an adult, so he's living like he's living his own life and he's taking care of his own things. But with my mom, we just stay in touch. Take Tennessee fans through Finland. What's the best part of, of your home country? And, and, you know, how many, how many languages can you speak? Uh, well, languages I speak to. English and Finnish, I was supposed to learn how to speak Swedish in school, like kind of how Spanish is here. So you take that how you (laughs) feel. And then uh, (laughs) I spoke French when I was very little, but I completely forgot how to speak French, which is kind of embarrassing, but that happened. And Finland, depending on when you're there, like over the summer for June, July, maybe even August, it could be like LA summer so it's just almost perfect weather like not too hot not too cold like certain places you can go and it'll be really hot but never like Finland really hot is is like 
I got it's like 90 degrees, so not like 100 or something. And 90 isn't really bad. Like if 90 is your hottest day and it's not super humid, like it's like kind of cool, I think that's pretty good. And then you have that for about two months if you're lucky, three months if you're really lucky, or a month. But after that, fall, the leaves drop pretty fast, and by November you might be seeing a lot of snow. You a big snow guy? I am for a week or two. <laughs> and then it becomes like, okay. And then yeah. the problem with Finland is once that snow hits in, like it's first a little bit, then it might be really heavy storms, and then it might be go away a little bit. And then by the time January hits, it'll probably be just a lot of snow everywhere. Like the closer we get to January, it just it will be – we never not have a white Christmas. And then February is, is still like that. March probably still like that. April – April is when it gets tricky. It's, it's April is when it gets tricky because the snow starts melting, but it's still cold enough that it's really only the sunshine that's melting, and then it'll rain, and then it'll turn into slush, and then it might snow again, and then the snow and slush mixes, and it's just thicker slush, and then it might melt some more, and it's just like gray stuff everywhere because it was so much snow, and yeah, the trucks kind of clean up the driving roads but because so many people use um, public public transport yep. you're going to be on your feet and it's slush everywhere it's bad I used to not like that part of the year at all say something in Finnish can you sing Rocky Top in Finnish no it wouldn't you would probably it would just be Rocky Top give me a, give me an, an average sentence in Finnish okay what would you like me to say uh I have to go to the store not sure I can repeat that. Um, I did uh, ask the Kai last week. I'm like, you've got so many guys that you know can speak multiple languages. Do they ever, when they're frustrated with the ref, do they ever express it in multiple languages? He he says he's never really heard you, but he says Santi uh, Santi does some. Yeah, and and Uros, but. He said really. Uro just says it in English. Yeah, Uros says it in English. <laughs> Uros is just here because he'd be on the phone a lot. And then Santi would do it. Santi would change languages in game. Yeah, he would do that, definitely. Santi would be the main the, one. So do you never break out a little finish during the game? Well, I have like a word that I'll say, and then that's it. It'll be really quick, so people might not catch it. Sure. And sometimes I'll just clap my hands and say it, so then definitely won't catch it. <laughs> but that would be the – I don't really like not a lot. I don't be talking to the refs. I try not to talk to the refs in English. I just try not to talk to them a lot. All right, let's flip it back to your game. Where do you feel like your game has grown? I mean, we I think every Tennessee fan has seen you start to shoot the ball more and more from the outside and shoot it confidently from the outside, um, knocking down big threes. You had you know some big shots the other night at Arizona. But where, where do you feel like your game has grown the most from when you got here to now? Um, well, I think for me the most is just my basketball IQ, really. Like, I've, I've, I've always – I kind of feel like I've always been a good finisher, okay shooter. I've definitely become a better shooter, a better finisher. But I think the most is just my IQ, especially with our offense. Just learning to, to fit in to a system has just raised my IQ a lot. I feel like I'm I'm now knowing, knowing where to get the ball, knowing – almost knowing what moves I like, where I like them, you know, knowing if I'm on my spot for a shot or just I'm still learning it, but I feel like I've gotten so much better at just knowing where to be, knowing 
knowing what cuts in the offense are the best ones for me and knowing how to set screens better, knowing how to, you know, pass. I've gotten lower on my passes. I feel like just experience has made me so much better, and IQ is the only way I can really explain it. You look at Grant Williams, who was, you know, here when you first got here. He's making so many threes now. And in, in, in college, his game was predominantly down low. Um, now he could step out there and make shots, especially the mid-range game. But right. now, I mean, he's almost a straight three-point shooter in, in the league. How, how much of you growing your game is for that purpose to kind of show the next level, hey, I'm not just a guy that can play on the block. I can step out and, and knock down open shots at my size. It's, it's definitely important to show that you're able to, but you also got to know, like, I feel like NBA scouts know what they're looking at, so – They'll find out if you can shoot or not, and then they'll recognize on your team if you need to shoot or not. And I feel like that's a very big part of how you need to play because if you're shooting the ball just to trying to prove that you can shoot, and it's not helping your team, it's not you're not you're not doing anything for yourself. Like the, the scouts is most likely just gonna swipe that by. So yeah, you want to show them you can shoot, but you also want to show them that you have the IQ. Like I got guys like Santi and Tyreek, where Joe comes back Z that can really shoot the ball. So for me, yeah, I want to show them I can shoot, but I want to show them everything else that I can do. Then if I need to shoot more up there, like they'll know I can shoot. They'll ask people. They'll they'll go look and look back like, okay, when he was taking, he was taking one or two, but he was making one or two. So, yeah, I want to show them, but I don't want to force feed that. Next week, you dip in the conference play for the first time this year, going to Ole Miss. How much do you enjoy – conference games versus non-conference games because i mean a lot of you know sometimes you played a non-conference team a couple of times during your career but you you've played all those kids at Ole miss and auburn and kentucky multiple multiple times so do you enjoy the whole kind of like yeah i get to play this guy again yeah there's a lot of guys and a lot of teams that we've now played multiple times and I, i i do actually enjoy that i always think back to last year but for me a little bit extra motivation on some of those teams I didn't get to play last year because I get it's it's super dope to get to play against guys that I know but it was a couple games that I wished I played in last year that now I'm gonna get to play in In, any game you have targeted specifically not because you know there's bad blood or anything but just a a game that where you can like I'm gonna raise my raise my level here I I know going against this guy is gonna be you know uh, a challenge, and I want that. I'll say Ole Miss, but it's funny because it's only Ole Miss because a guy on their team dunked on me pretty bad my sophomore year. And last year we played and might have no dunks. Luckily, Ole Miss is our next game, so and we go in there. So I want to have a dunk, hopefully on somebody, but I want to have a dunk <laughs> because, yeah, I remember that very vividly. And it was over there too, actually. The Arizona game was your all's first true road game of the year. Everything else has been kind of neutral side yeah. or, or at home. How much did you learn about your team, even in a loss against Arizona? A lot, uh, especially we were in film today, just a lot. And even personally looking at it and talking to all, all the guys on the team, just first, like we're fighters. I feel like we all competed and we tried to do the right things. It's just we made mistakes that we can't make, especially in a away game. And – that's all that we can focus on. We can just focus on making ourselves better, fixing our mistakes, and coming back and bouncing back. But we learned a lot. Like, we realized we can do it. Like, we went in there, and it, the pressure didn't break us. 
we broke we broke down ourselves, but the pressure didn't break us. It's not like we were letting the crowd get to us and fumbling the ball. And you know, we were making plays, we were taking shots. Yeah, we had some had some breakdowns, but those were on us. It was none. It was not like we were startled. We just didn't execute what we needed to execute. The credit to those guys, they played really hard, and they did execute when they needed to execute when we didn't. So that's take yourself out. And then take Josiah out because you just don't know what's going to be up with the knee the rest of the way. Who is the key for this team? Who 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 will will determine what you all do? One player. I think it's interesting because it's one guy, but there's a couple guys that can take that spot, and it's really between Uros now starting to be Tobey and Jonas, because if one of those guys steps up. And it can be any three of them. All three of them. So you're saying the five spots, the key. I'm, I think a big part in that. And then, and then if I had to, because I feel like it's, it's, it's for both ends of the court. And then if I had to say, if Z keeps doing what he's doing and, and keeps going the way he's going, it's going to be big for us. How, di- how different has he been since Colorado? He's just been getting better every day with his passes, with knowing how to get to the spots that coach wants him to get to that ultimately are – the spots he needs to get to as a point guard in our offense, and it's been making the game easier for us, for everybody. So if if he keeps getting better, that'll be very, very big. Most underrated part of your game is what? My passing. Favorite favorite pass? Backdoor cut? What are we talking? I, I came alive for, for the recent memory that was at shoot-around or practice when we were at Arizona. We had drawn a drill that was drawn a play that was actually for Tubelis because we were doing scout team. He, I was, he's supposed to drive left and then just see what he can create with one guy in the corner, either coming off a handoff, back cutting, or just giving him space to drive. So we did the play, and I drove left. I took another dribble. He came up, back cut, and I passed it with my left hand. And I liked that pass because it was with my left, and it was to a back cut, and he made the layup. Here you like chess. Yes, I do. Talk, talk, talk to me about you know where that love comes from. I mean, everybody always chess, chess over checkers, you know. Um, but I mean, like, where did where did that come from? My grandpa. Thinking back, it definitely came from my grandpa. And then going to our grandparents' house, he just had a chessboard, and I'll play him. We'll play each other. Then I'll play with my brother. He wouldn't really want to play that much. And then. Uh, later, I played with my stepdad a lot. He liked to play. He was really good. And my grandpa was really good, too. I couldn't really beat him. I think I beat my stepdad once when I just went back, and that was the first time I'd ever beat him. But I played with them. And then once I left, I didn't have anybody to play with for a long time because, you know, you could always play phone chess, but I don't really like it because you can cut your phone off and then just do something else and then come back to the chess. So you're not – for me, I can't do that. My attention will be – it would be like half there. But if I'm in person, like sitting like this, I love to play chess. And I was living with VJ last year, my roommate, who who I asked, like, have you ever played chess? He was like, no. I'm like, would you be down to learn or want to play? And he was like, sure. And we got a <laughs> chess board and we started playing. And he, like I was beating him to begin with, but obviously because I had been playing. But he started getting better, so we started playing more. It was one day we were actually at the at the mall in Nashville because we had made a trip to Nashville just to, I think it was around Easter. But we were at the mall, and we saw, like, those chess pieces on a chessboard that was, like, big. <laughs> so we just stopped and played a game. And then a bunch of people were, like, walking by. Some of them were asking to get pictures, and some of them were just asking, like, what are you guys doing? And we're just, we're just 
we were playing chess. Like, we weren't doing anything out of, like, really thinking about it too much, but we were actually playing a chess game at the mall for, for no real reason. Does the strategy transfer to basketball? And, and does it help your anticipation? Chess? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Too deep on that one, huh? No, I feel like it's just I don't play chess with, like, a clock or anything, so I just be taking my time. So for me, it doesn't. For some people, some people probably, because they probably think fast, they read it, but I don't. And then when I play basketball, it's like everything is. Growing up in Finland, what's one thing most people don't know about you as far as like, you know, was there a particular TV show you watched growing up? Was there, you know, a particular, you know, tradition you had every year with any particular thing? Um, Off the top of my head, I think I love saunas. People probably wouldn't assume that I love saunas. People probably don't even, I don't know. Like, it's not a lot of places I've been here where there are saunas, hotels, otherwise. There was a sauna in Arizona, which didn't have a chance to use it. But not a lot of places. I love saunas. Why is that? I just have great memories of being at the lake at my at my cottage, like summer cottage back home, and we would go in the sauna and then run into the river. Or then if we'd be in my grandparents' house, we would run the sauna and then run into the snow and then run back into the sauna. Steam? Yeah. Steam saunas at, the, at the, all, the, all the swim places, but not, not at my grandparents. I was just an old school, you know, put some wood under the rocks. How many players on this team would use the word cottage? I don't know. I mean, it's just a word you don't hear used a lot. It's more of like an old school term or a European term. I don't, you know, most people would say cabin here. Yeah, but I feel like cabins are like in the woods. Like ours is kind of in the woods, but it's by the lake. I don't know why, if that makes any difference. Sure. I don't know if that makes, I just feel like, I don't know why, but when I imagine cabin, I think like a cabin in the woods. Favorite country in Europe not named Finland? Probably Greece, and I don't think I've, I've never been either. Well, how can it be your favorite if you've never been? Because I want to go so bad. <laughs> Where all have you been? England, Sweden, Estonia, Germany, Lithuania. Uh, Norway? I don't know if I've been to Norway. I don't know if I've been to Norway. Belgium, Croatia. Croatia is nice. Croatia might be my favorite. <laughs> Croatia might be my favorite. <laughs> now that I'm looking back. Uh, yeah, those. I don't. I don't remember if I've been too many. But maybe I've like stopped by on flights, but that doesn't really count. Best place you've been in the United States? Does the Bahamas count? No, we're not gonna let that count. <laughs> uh, for for what? For living or uh, just for anything? You know, it can be just basketball. It can be living. It can be basketball. Vegas, especially if I had a lot more. <laughs> that, would be, that would be bad. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody enjoys Vegas. Which NBA player do you try to model your game after? Oh, that's a tough question. I'm still trying to kind of figure that out. Uh, I used to love watching Giannis play, but it's hard to model yourself after Giannis. It was a time I loved watching Paul George play, but that's kind of also very tough. Those guys do some things that you need a lot of time and practice to be able to do especially well. Giannis is just strong and too big to I'm not that big. Like I'm big, but the difference is real. 
Do you watch a lot of old school NBA? I love asking the basketball players this because I want to see like, like you know, do you ever just turn on old clips and watch Larry Bird, Magic Johnson? I was about to ask you like what Clyde Drexler. Well, I mean, uh, for you guys, old school would be Larry Bird and. Does Kobe count? Kobe's not old school, right? I mean, I mean, no, he's. What, know, is, what about Shaq? Is Shaq? Does Shaq count as old school or Jordan? Jordan, yes. Shaq. Shaq I mean, not really. Kind of no. in that fringe. So it's like it has to be from basically before you were born. Let's go seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. Which I mean, Shaq played in the nineties. So did Kobe. But I mean, you know, they were Late super Bird, young. Yeah. A little bit, but not that much. I mean, like I, I watched Scottie Pippen. Yeah. I think Vince played back then a little bit, but. Really, I watched Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I've watched some Bird highlights, but I, I can't say that I've watched many. I've watched some Ben Wallace highlights, but I feel like that's not from way back then. That's not. Oh, Hakeem, I watched a lot. Hakeem, of Hakeem there you go. But that's that's really it. There's not that many players that I personally. But games, I've seen. I've seen some games from. No, I think that's even. It's just some Laker games I can think of, and some Laker Boston games. A lot. Best basketball nickname. I like the answer. I think that's dope. I think that's really dope. Yep, I don't disagree with that. I like that. Also, like as you just referenced him, Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna do rapid fire. You ready? Yeah. One word answers. What team do you most want to beat this season? Alabama was the first one that came to my mind. Who made your Spotify rap this year? Tory Lanez. What do you miss most about Finland? Rice porridge right now. Which word in Finnish? Do you say most in the game? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't want we don't want them doing the dictionary. Uh, biggest culture shock coming here is what? Free refills. You like that, huh? I did. Hmm. It was dangerous. <laughs> Favorite UT tradition? I like the the fact that the football t- runs to the T. I think that's probably that's probably dope. I think that's the dopest thing they do here. If you could play anywhere when you graduate, where would you play? NBA. Corsalinga. <laughs> That's messed up. NBA. <laughs> Saturday night in the off season. What are you doing? I'm just chilling with my friends. Maybe we go out. Maybe we stay in. Depends on like a group decision. One thing you always keep in your fridge: your must-have snack or beverage. Orange juice. Pulp or no pulp? Light pulp. Light pulp. My father-in-law is a heavy pulp guy. I'm like, I don't even know. I was like, that's, that's, he's choking it down. Most of the time, probably no pulp, but, but sometimes I need light pulp. When your time is done at Tennessee, when your time is done with basketball, no matter how long you play, what do you want to do after basketball's over? Honestly, I've been thinking about trying to either get into coaching or – then trying to do something on the media side of things, just, you know, with hopefully if I have a good image, I use that to, you know, either podcast like this or any kind of – I'm studying to be in public relations right now, so I was just hoping that I could join the media world or either in, or in front or behind the camera. But, yeah, one of those, public relations or then coaching. Sports Information Department, you going to take Tom's job? I don't know about that. I heard about how big he shoes to fill. It's, it's it's a lot. It's not my style. Better better shoe game, you or Tom? I think I think I might, but I haven't really paid attention to Tom's shoes, and now you're making me want to. Tom's I, got a strong shoe game. He's also that. a big Peter Millar guy. Now I feel like I'd have to get back to you on that after I 
find out. Like, I start paying attention now. That's interesting. Let's hope he brings it this week. I know, right? Let's hope, yeah. SEC, I bet he will bring it, especially if he really has shoot game. We're going to find out. Well, man, we appreciate the time. And uh, I think this has been a good kind of get to know you. I think a lot of, you know, I, I joked with you, I never heard your voice, you know, until I started preparing for this and started watching interviews. And so kind of getting to know you and understand where you come from and, and you know, all that's involved. Uh, I think this gives Tennessee fans a great chance to kind of, you know, peel back the, the onion a little bit and kind of find out a little bit about you. Appreciate that. It's been It's been great to be here. All right, that's the latest Fall Club Confidential, Episode 8. This guy, ready for a big SEC season, which starts next week against Ole Miss. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.